1: Yo, yo! You know what you're doing. (laughs) I don't. I'm just here to hang out. I'm making this up as I go along. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I thought it might be fun uh, especially for some of our listeners, I know we have a lot of family that have been tuning in and supporting the show. So, hello to uh, all of my mums and dads. I have multiple now since I'm married. That's awesome. fun. And um, my aunties and cousins that have been listening, and to anyone else who I've picked up along the way. Uh, thank you and welcome to this little bonus ep. Ooh, bonus. Um, <laughs> that's featuring Will. I'm Hi, everyone. Yeah. Couldn't
0: keep me away
1: couldn't even if I tried. Uh, we're, we're about to move apart again. I'm about to move back down to Hailing Island for work because the lockdown is lifting. Yay. <laughs> um, but it means that I'm not going to have you as a sounding board to chat about the show with like I have over the past few weeks while I've been making it. So No,
0: and it's something you've been talking about for, well, since you started it, I think, the idea that, that you have a bit of a recap episode <laughs> yeah. where you spoke about some of the things that that people touched on and, and what resonated with you, and also how that resonated with the this whole process.
1: Yeah, because I don't get a co-host on this show. It's just me and the guests that I'm interviewing, and it's it's nice. I, the podcast I enjoy listening to. I like getting to know the host a little bit, and I don't get to just be myself and talk all my weird normal stuff when I'm hosting an interview. And I'm nervous, which I have I have been so nervous throughout this this whole first season. I didn't expect to be so anxious about it, but there's something really confronting about hearing your own voice oh. <laughs> on a microphone. Do you want
0: me to touch on this? Yeah, well, I, I, I know
1: you found it really hard to listen to your first time. It
0: was really difficult, I think. Listening back, I've been super conscious of it even just now yeah. while, I've been, while I've been doing this, because I, I don't... I think the biggest problem I had with listening back to myself was just realising for the first time that I make when speaking with you, a lot of affirmative noises. Too many. Lots of mm-hmm, yep, yes, agreement, sound. Well, it's just
1: the natural way you have a conversation, isn't it? But when you're on a podcast it's and so you're obvious. interrupting each other, it's... Um,
0: yeah, I just felt it? like I was interrupting you the whole time I was listening. I got really frustrated with myself <laughs> listening back to it. It's just unnecessary. It doesn't add anything to the conversation. But I think when you're speaking face-to-face, it kind of does because it shows you that you're those n- noises are accompanied with nods and smiles and all the sort of stuff that you don't get through through the audio recording yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead, it's isolated and weird, and I didn't—I didn't, I didn't <laughs> okay. like it at all.
1: So, so there you go. Now you've had a chance to address that publicly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's not like you were Unhappy. With. I
0: appreciate that. Yeah, I would have—I would have done something about it. I think re-recorded it or something. It's crazy.
1: And and I've learned so much and gone through such a learning curve with producing this show. So uh, I started doing it on Anchor which is a platform that is affiliated with Spotify that basically allows you to just record an episode using your phone mic and over a phone call with someone if it's an interview via a distance and then just upload it to the platform. So that's what I did with interview number one with Hayley. Um, Oh, my God, I was a bag of nerves going into Haley's interview. And I actually I hadn't even figured out how, how to interview or chat with my guests yet at that stage. I didn't go into that. Um, chat with any notes actually um, I had a rough idea of what Haley had been up to mm-hmm. and I've been having a preliminary chat with all of my guests before each show just to touch base and to you know be friends and catch up a little bit and to make sure they're okay with what we're going to talk about and to get a sense of how I'm you know what I want to talk about on their episode so I did that with Haley, but then I, I went into it with no notes um, and she was incredibly supportive. Uh, but I realised then post-recording, probably should have, you know, thought about this a bit more before the show, but I actually didn't have any format to my show <laughs> in that in that first episode. And since then, um, I've grown to, uh, I've, I've realised that I like doing these intros and outros separate to the main episode, um, but also then at the end of each show I ask my guests for a little bit of wisdom that they'd like to leave for the listeners and for a nomination because I only have my personal contacts to access at first whilst doing this and I'm not ashamed to say that. I think I've got some really fab stories out of it. Um, some of them are a little bit samey because I know a lot of because people. Because it's
0: people moving from Brisbane yeah, to London. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna yeah. Get that. I think a lot of people will have that shared experience.
1: Um, But Ultimately, I'm getting really excited about some of the nominations I've been given. I'm getting quite nervous about some, but uh, that's all right. But I thought just in this recap, I could touch on that little bit of wisdom that was left by each of my guests um, to discuss their sort of main theme through their episode. And for Haley's, uh, she she really talked a lot about passive income yes. as a performer and how it's really important to have A a form of financial support, a form of money coming in that is not based on your performing. And she she has her business with Arbonne that's doing that for her. But I don't know. That's it's a topic that still makes me really uncomfortable because I don't have that. No, I don't have. I I went and studied in my early twenties, in early childhood, and worked in that industry for a number of years and got very depressed doing it. Unfortunately, I wish I could have just stuck with that instead of performing. That was my attempt at trying a normal life um but I I think that's a bit of a problem too that idea
0: that why is why is that the normal life why can't the life of a performer be a normal life as well
1: I think it's just because it's unpredictable Mm. and you know as we're seeing through all these stories it can take so many different turns and take you down different paths that that can be fantastic and lead you to great things but um, for a lot of people, when those opportunities don't land, they don't have any stability. So they have to have this life that's going to allow them to save and be building towards investing in whatever that is, a house or a business or something else. And a lot of performers who don't have passive income don't have the opportunity to do that. It's, it's really left me thinking about it i mean i'd love to earn millions from this podcast that'd be amazing <laughs> I just about
0: to say, yeah <laughs> but
1: yeah. i don't think that's gonna happen and it's not my agenda you for the know. show anyway i think if anything you know this this particular show is not a money-making endeavor but it's really just opened my eyes to the world of podcasting and how that that is a, a whole other whole other industry of its of its own so Another creative
0: industry too that allows you to make use of transferable skills and and apply those in in, in a way that you haven't before. I think it's great.
1: And to pour some energy into because I think what I've noticed over lockdown.
0: (laughs) What I've noticed over (laughs) lockdown is that Lauren really struggles when she's not pursuing something creative or
1: which sounds wanky as hell it really does it sounds very precious of me but it's just because i've literally been performing since i was four years old i've I've been brought up that way so when i don't have it when it's taken away from me it feels like a little part of my identity is gone
0: you've spoken i don't know on the podcast but definitely to me about the fact that this is something you trained your whole life for so i think anybody even if you don't work in the performing industry can get a sense of what it f- would feel like to study your whole life to work in a particular industry and then not be able to, to get any work. Yeah.
1: There.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how challenging that would be. And, and then, and therefore, why you would want to do something related to your field and, and, and express that. So when you don't have work, like we have here on lockdown. You, you still want to be doing something yeah. related to that.
1: That's something that uses your skills. I think there's actually a gap in, in the training that's offered to performers in all of these awesome full-time courses that people do and, do, you know, university degrees, which we throw thousands and thousands of dollars into, not necessarily reaping the rewards from that if you don't then pursue that career afterwards. But I feel like there should be an aspect of that uni degree that is about diversifying where we should be set a task of like setting up our own small business in something and getting assessed on that just to start that process of yeah yeah I think a lot of people graduate without fully coming to terms with the fact that they need something else on the side we talk about it but it's it's really serious and I liked how Hayley, Hayley um addressed that issue and has has addressed that issue in her own life with starting her own business I think that's really admirable. Cool. Uh, she's only twenty-seven, man. It's she she's bought a house. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. Bloody hell! Where's our house, mate?
1: Well, <laughs> that's all It'll right. we'll be hey, hey. Where's
0: those millions from this oh, podcast? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll
1: leave my PayPal in the <laughs> <Any>
0: Patreon.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever. Yeah. This is a passion project, um, but I yeah, Hayley has really left me thinking about that since um since her chat, and then. Uh, Episode, uh, the next episode after that, which was three, because, of course, we did episode one. Mm -hmm. So with episode three, uh, with Chris Fung, we discussed his journey about how he left Australia for a number of reasons, personal reasons. I I think the most one of the most touching things he said was I had to know if I could if I could make it with the best he said if I'm going to be rejected in this life let me be rejected by the best Mm, which mm. I think is such a cool courageous outlook on life to go do you know what if I'm going to go all in on my life even if it's for five or ten years if I'm really going to give this industry a go then let's go let's go full fully in and Mm. and and move and and throw myself into the deep end it's the
0: sort of choice that that means that you don't have any regrets Mm. later I think, and I think we did something similar. Listening to that, listening to his story, reminded me a lot of of our own because was his partner the one who who gave up a job, mm-hmm. the, the best in her field, yeah, sort of, sort of yeah, thing. And, and that's a teacher. yeah, that's very similar to the sort of position that I held as well. I think we touched on that 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 was a hard decision for us to make, but it was important for for both of us. I think to give you that opportunity to be able to really try it, mm. because I think a lot of these performers, all of the performers coming out of Brisbane, have spoken about the fact that there's, it's quite a small scene. And if you are going to do something, you have to move. So, yeah. and I think the thing for us was that if we were going to move, if we we're going to do a move into state to Sydney or Melbourne, How is that any different from a move overseas to an English-speaking country?
1: It was going to cost us a similar amount of money, perhaps not visas and stuff. But no, no matter where you go, if you're uprooting yourself like that, there's costs involved. It's going to cost you. You're
0: not going to know anyone. You might as well, yeah, go big. Or go home. Yeah, I'd rather not. No, (laughs) find a new home. Go big and find a new home.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is that well, we don't know how long we'll be here. We've literally set no end date for this over here. But if we get to a point in our life where we we've given it a good shot, and we're and we're yearning for something else, whether that be a connection to the family again. or then we it, move again. Yeah, gonna, so, And not Because have done it already. Not necessarily so, back home. We could go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I um, and what was his um
0: what was his advice?
1: His his advice at the end uh, was ambition is great, but when it is unsustainable, it has a shelf life, and his whole um his point with saying that was it's very similar to Haley's in that mm. you have to be able to support yourself he said the words i don't want to be constrained by money in my pursuit of things um and i it, it with the topic of the show he's referring to a career there yeah. mostly but yeah he he's got a full life as a teacher and has his own uh, side business as a singing teacher as well as working as he's working hard man so I think it's it's important to
0: I think I think that I was inspired by the investment that he made in himself Mm, as well mm. I think it's something that you and I have struggled with too when it comes to money and finances to to justify spending money on things Mm. is really hard and I think he mentioned that specifically that something about lessons or, or something, just paying having to pay the money that you have to pay yeah. for the things that you need that are of a quality that will help you.
1: Well he talked about like finding your tribe and finding your support network in a new country mm. which takes money. Yes.
0: You know, going to yeah.
1: classes, investing in workshops or connections with people and doing little projects right. that aren't necessarily going to earn you money. So I I Really admire how hard he has worked to sustain himself. The fact that he went and did a whole other uni degree mm. after doing musical theatre, mm. and I think that's a really, really strong message to leave with people, especially any of the any people who are studying, that maybe this is not the end of your study yet, mm. because to to take such a big leap and to change countries and throw yourself in an industry like the one over here in the UK without being ready for it, you really are gambling a little bit and that was that nice little tangent there into Matt's chat so Matt was the next episode Matthew Samer musical director extraordinaire doing incredible things I think for the most part I was just in awe of his story of how he has literally gone from job to job to job but again not for any lack of hard work and he was he was in his late 20s like Chris when he moved over here, and he had really worked his way up in the Brisbane scene doing a lot of work and a, a very technical work. He spoke about how as an MD you really have to have good piano skills to be able to compete and to work your way up the ranks in that work.
0: Yeah, I think that I, I appreciated that he touched on the fact that it's about saying yes to things. Mm. I think he had that moment where he spoke about the fact that somebody reached out to him to to offer him this thing and, and he sort of armed and out about it, maybe because he had something else on his plate at the time and he said yes to it and and that, that led somewhere else.
1: He said, um he said, uh, I think it was the Adrian Mole job that he took at the Meniere, which in his story, if you haven't listened, folks, go back to Matthew Samer's chat and he talks about the relationship he made with the Meniere, which is a fringe theatre. And how if he hadn't taken that one little job, he wouldn't have got the next three jobs with the Meniere, I think it was, that it then eventually transferred to the West End. But um, on the day when he got called in to help with this rehearsal, he said, I had to get over myself. I love that term. Get over yourself and just go and say yes and go and do that job that you maybe don't think is going to you know, lead to anything. Because if you sit at home then nothing leads to any nothing leads to anything. Like you've got to start the process of putting yourself out there, even in small, what feels sometimes like annoying ways, just to make a change.
0: Yeah, it all it all starts with those small opportunities because you never know what will come out of something. But I think this also ties quite well into the next chat mm-hmm. that you had with Ray. Yay. Where her words of wisdom she she spoke about the The fact that if there is no work, if you're not getting those opportunities, if people aren't coming to you with things that you can say yes to, then you need to make those things yourself and mm. create those opportunities so that you might end up being the person who's offering something to somebody else instead. and yeah. that creates yeah new and networks.
1: I think as we, as well as Haley's little seed of thought about passive income really sticking with me, I think the other little, seed of thought that has stuck with me the most was from Ray's conversation about creating your own work because again especially whilst on lockdown it's exactly what I've done with this podcast I've just made some work for myself that is a creative outlet but I'd love to do my own cab show I mean, every man and his dog's got their own one-man cabaret show, but why not? I, why can't I be another every, man with another dog? Like,
0: <laughs> every man and his dad has a podcast too, and that didn't stop you. So.
1: Yeah, and and again, it's about that one little project maybe being seen by someone or involving a different creative who you hadn't had a chance to work with and that, that helping you to take the next step. I'd love to do something like that over here one day. It's, it terrifies me, but I think that's exactly why. I should do it. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think starting this show whilst not being at work, because for the first time in my whole career, I'm in a very, very lucky position at the moment in that I'm under a full-time contract with the holiday company I work for. Um, Whilst being on lockdown, I've known that once restrictions ease, I have work to go back to. And I... I sort of have a little little fear within myself that I could become very happy with that because uh, living that life on Hailing Island and working for this holiday, can't, literally there's a part of me that could probably do that forever. It's such a stable job. I've got like holiday pay and maternity leave available with that. I have never ever had a contract that has offered me maternity leave if I've needed it and I'm, I'm planning not to need it for a number of years but I also think, you know, I'd considered just doing this podcast over lockdown and then and then leaving it. But I think just for I my sense, you're too attached. Yeah, well, I think it's for my sense of self to know that even whilst doing that job, I have a little bit of something else on the side that is helping to fuel that passionate side and of it's me. That's yours. That's yours alone. And that's reminding me of the other work and opportunities that are available in this world. And just as I say it a few times, I don't mean to be cheesy about it, but I'm just so inspired by all these chats I have with people. And I think ultimately by doing this podcast, it will keep me in tune with an uh, an aspect of the industry that I'm not currently involved in, which just keeps me excited about it, It keeps reminding me why I do this work and why it's worth it.
0: I think it's very clever what you've ended up doing is creating a creative project that ticks that box for you while at the same time it has you networking with people and speaking to individuals that you might not have contacted because you didn't have a reason to beforehand and then at the same time those wonderful people are inspiring you to do more things. It's win-win. So you've just, it's like you've created a machine a little boot that kicks <laughs> you up the butt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was something that Chris mentioned actually it was what stuck with me from his interview perhaps was learning how to network in a way that feels honorable to you.
0: Genuine. Yeah,
1: yeah. because it's it's really hard it to reach hard. out to people like not just on a a personal like social anxiety level. I I <laughs> when I first started doing the show, I um I was just uh, contacting one person at a time like when I when I contacted Hayley she was the only person I had contacted at that time and that's because she was doing a podcast as well and we we'd run into each other in the last few months I'd been in touch with her so she felt approachable like someone I could ask for advice and to help me with my first episode but then the thought of contacting other people who I hadn't spoken to in ages or perhaps didn't even know at all I didn't know Chris Fong at all until I messaged him was was terrifying to me, and when I was sweating
0: bullets. <laughs> you were I a mess. To,
1: I had to go off coffee for a week. She
0: did. She did. She really did.
1: I actually had to switch to decaf, which is I, I'm a I'm a hardcore coffee fan, so I was getting the jitters. Mm-hmm. But I I I think it was after I did Haley's interview, I got like drunk on my own courage, and I sent out a message to nine or no, it must have been more than that, like fifteen people at once. <laughs> just asking them if they wanted to be involved. And then um, the next day I woke up to, you know, a dozen messages on my phone and I immediately shrunk into my introvert turtle shell and was like, oh, my God, what have I done? I
0: think think one of my favourite things about this process has been being able to watch you have those pre-interview jitters (laughs) and stresses and and just this (laughs) all-consuming feeling that you get. And then post-show I get to see... The, the super confident, <laughs> kick the door in with a big,
1: woo
0: big dancing.
1: What did Ray say? Boom, bitches. <laughs> i <I'm> back. <laughs> you
0: get that at the end of every show. And it's amazing
1: to see. I do a little happy dance. You do. I love it. <laughs> And uh, the, we're only halfway through season one now. I've got another five or six eps that I've done all while on uh all whilst on <laughs> uh, Post, uh, while on lockdown. And uh, I don't know if I'll take a little break once I get back to hailing and get back into work before starting on my next batch of interviews. So, um, But I, I am going to continue with it. And to hold myself accountable, Ooh. and drum roll, please, are you ready? <laughs> A little present for any loyal listeners I will now be joining the that's not Canon production network in Brisbane so the that's not Canon production Network uh, run by Zane Weber fabulous uh, artistic colleague that I've worked with in the past in Brisbane who started his own podcasting network uh, and he hosts hundreds of fabulous shows on there and I'm gonna be be part- one of those fabulous Yay! shows and be a part of his little team so It doesn't mean anything really as far as the sound of my show. I might have a couple of little ads in there occasionally supporting some of the other shows on Mm -hmm. the network. Um, We might do a little bit of cross-promotional stuff, but ultimately it just brings a whole heap of podcasters together to share resources um, and advice, and it's going to hold me accountable because...
0: (laughs) Because you love things that hold you
1: accountable. Well, just because hard things and personal projects are easy to quit when they start feeling like they're taking up a lot of time or energy or and i don't want to do that with this so that's exciting uh you'll hear my involvement with tnc come into play over the next few weeks folks and again thanks for the continued support if you've tuned into this (laughs) little episode that's a bit different uh thank you will Uh thanks for it's nice to to have someone to bounce off and Do you
0: know what I wish I had? A little <laughs> gift for you, like you had for me at the end of the fir- I just remembered that you did that for me. A, a little daffodil. You oh, had?
1: your presence is gift and no. Oh,
0: that's very sweet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I might get you back at the end of season one and we can discuss yeah, the, the next five eps. and yeah. that'll be a lovely way to just personalize and um, and mull over the advice. And give
0: you an opportunity to come back to London, hang out
1: with me. Yeah, yeah, and just, yeah, shoot the shit with my best friends. Mm -hmm. Woo! Thanks, darling. Thank you, listeners. I love you all.